0: Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana's now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like- Tommy thinks my elixirs are crazy, but I don't care. I'm going to drink some (laughs) anyway. Got myself some uh, noon is what they call it, vitamins and caffeine. Welcome in to Now, where we try a variety of different elixirs while we give you the best in sports talk radio. Coming to you around the Treasure State each day on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television. SWX Montana TV. Maybe you're also tuning in, or if you'd like to, you can tune in via the ESPN Montana app. It's a great way to follow along this show, both live and archived. So uh, no matter which form of caffeine we're drinking, you can always tune in in a variety of ways, including on all of your mobile devices. Time to get to today. It's that time of year where there's nothing uh, really in the news besides actually a lot of this time of year is fun because the, the sporting events that are in the news are ones that involve a lot of our friends and neighbors. There's only a few lifetime sports, but golf is one and running is one. And so this time of year, a lot of golf tournaments, a lot of, uh, you know, local guys taking home whatever it might be, prizes, money, trophies, all that sort of stuff, uh, guys and, and females. And, uh, the running community also fun, too, with all the Missoula Marathon happenings this last weekend. The Governor's Cup was a couple weekends ago up in Helena and uh, a bunch of other running events on the horizon as well. So that that's sort of what's the news of the day. But it's also a slow time, which means we can have some fun. So today, we're going to talk some Big Sky Conference football. I basically am just crowdsourcing at this point, You know, texting some loyal listeners, texting some of you guys out there and saying... What should I talk about today? Give me a question you got about the Grizz, the Cats, the Big Sky Conference, whether it's football, men's and women's basketball, or anything in between. What are some of your questions when it comes to Division I college athletics here in the state of Montana? If you have questions, text us 406 888 1029. That's 888 1029. Our guests today and every day join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. What questions do you have? What do you want me to talk about? What sort of contention do you have with things I've been talking about? Let us know. Call us. Text us, 406-888-1029. We're going to get things started off with some of the, uh, I I guess I have what I'm going to call a pressure meter. Pressure for coaching staffs for the football teams in the big sky. Which programs have no pressure coming into 2022? Which programs have just a little bit of pressure? which programs for sure have pressure surrounding their narrative and which programs have high pressure. We'll get into all that, go through all of the Big Sky Conference football teams. Also, like we do each Tuesday, Treasure State stars highlighting some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana. Hint, because it is sort of that time of year when a lot of local and statewide athletes are thriving in local and statewide events, this is a... Missoula Marathon, and distance-running heavy Treasure State Stars. But a lot of athletes to hi- highlight from uh, the week that was. So that's coming up about 4.30. We also have free Tagliari Deli. So 406-888-1029, a great way to be a part of the discussion. Also a great way to win yourself a $25 gift card from Tagliari Deli. Tagliari Tuesday, each and every Tuesday during the 4 o'clock hour here on uh, is Now we're going to read... Another excerpt from one of my favorite books, *The Hundred Greatest Sports Heroes*, copyright 1954. A relic of sorts, but also a great way to remember history. So we'll have a little history lesson about 4:45 top of the hour. We're gonna talk some more Stanley Cup Finals. That's in the books. So that's sort of the end of this uh, professional calendar year. And uh, you know, the most of pro sports mirrors the collegiate. uh, academic year and then you know the NBA and the NHL go a little bit into the summer but baseball the the one sport now that takes center stage so we'll talk a little Stanley Cup but also a lot of Major League Baseball Jeff Safford the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads as well as our uh, shall I say resident baseball expert although uh, our guy Andrew Houghton who's uh, out until midweek next week, he'd have some contention for that. (laughs) He'd say he's a baseball expert as well. Uh, Actually, a lot of baseball knowledge around here. So we will talk baseball both contemporarily and historically. Plus, we'll talk some Missoula Paddleheads baseball as well with the man that knows him best, Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, will join us here uh, in studio during the 5 o'clock hour for basically the second hour of this show. So there you go. That's your show, Outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. I always mention this just because I do appreciate all you guys out there. By the way, it's new on, now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Also, maybe you're watching SWX Montana television. But this show, especially since I took it over, you know, when I did this show with Ryan Tutel for the first uh, several years I was here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, uh, it was always great fun and oftentimes uh, great therapy as well. I mean, just getting a chance to talk. Ryan's one of my great friends uh, in this life. And uh, so just getting to talk serious stuff, pertinent things, uh, important things, and also not serious stuff, not important things. Have a lot of fun on the radio. that That was very soothing to me every day we got a chance to do it. And uh, sometimes, I think if you if you listen to the show consistently, you know that uh, I, I try to try to be a very introspective and also very curious person. So I'm constantly um, reading the news, uh, reading books, both fiction and nonfiction, uh, you know, lately. And this is my own fault. It's my own fault for getting myself down. But lately I've been obsessed with dystopian literature. Uh, I've been reading uh, a lot of the books from the the early part of the 20th century that were predicting uh, some of the things that are uh, ailing us as a society right now. And so I oftentimes do let the, the weight of the world get me down. But this show always uh, helps me come back. It's a great outlet for me, a great way to get locked in, do something that I and just concentrated on, and you know, being here with you, trying to give you my all, uh, interacting with all of you, all the great feedback we get, knowing that people out there listen and that this means something to people. You know that they do find this show either important or entertaining or both. Uh, hopefully, all of the above. Um, but I, I keep hearkening back to. You know, sometimes when I get buried by the weight of the world, I start thinking about. Yeah, what am I serving a proper purpose? What do I? What do I do in the world each day that contributes to the greater good? And I, I do think that being mindful, being autonomous, being uh, aware, being considerate—all uh, those things—I think can can help elevate your your presence and your impact in the world, no matter what it is that you do. I had a great chance to go to tell us something last night. At Bonner Park for the first time and it was a wonderful evening, beautiful night there uh, in the park, the hottest day of the year so far, so very fun to be outside seeing some some sort of performance art, storytelling type things, seven storytellers uh, over the span of about an hour and 45 minutes uh, some really good ones some really, really good uh, messages and stories and, and well delivered across the board and uh, it, it was certainly a, a fun evening and the, the parting line from the last storyteller I thought was was so pertinent and uh, gave me relief from, from my, my thinking and maybe overthinking about serving a purpose in this life and in this world. And he said, he told this whole great story about uh, as a child working in the cattle fields at the state prison. I was unaware that, that Deer Lodge, the state prison has uh, its own cattle, but they do. And there's cowboys that are hired to work it uh, outside of the inmates. And so this man was telling his uh, memory of doing that when he was, I think, just in, in second or third grade. And he told this whole allegory all about um, this lesson that he learned from one of the prison guards. And it was all about aging. And and the punchline, the prison guard said, was that uh, no matter what, as you grow old, uh, you just wrinkle and get ugly, and then die. And that was not the uh, fulfilling punchline that I think many of us were looking for. But then the storyteller wrapped it back around, and he said, the sands of time will age you, make you old and wrinkled and gray, but it's because of the stories that we carry. That's why you age. Therefore, the last day we live in this body on this earth is our most beautiful day. And I thought that was a beautiful way to sum up what was a beautiful evening down there at Bonner Park. And I thought to myself, wow, if that's not a sign and a symbol of uh, affirmation for for me and for us and for those of you out there that enjoy storytelling and listening to stories and reading stories and and engaging in the stories that we share. And uh, so even if we are just talking about silly things like the pressure cooker that is uh, college football, it's still worth it. It's still fun. And so uh, that's all to say, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, giving me this outlet and for listening in and uh, tuning in like you do. And uh, hopefully the sunshine's making everybody a little cheerful out there. It's new on is now ESPN radio, SWX Montana television, and the new ESPN Montana app. We are coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport studio, Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana, You can find them online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. What are you thinking about? What's got your gears grinding? What sort of sports topics do you want on your favorite talk radio show? Text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Our Senior Spotlight Series will continue. Uh, That's highlighting some of the best boys and girls athletes from around the state of Montana. I think we've done... Already like a dozen of these, just since we launched this series, it's been a great pleasure to catch up with a lot of these young people. And we have a couple different series that are uh, focusing on recent high school graduates, kids that just graduated this last year that are making their way to the college ranks. We're sort of categorizing them by highlighting highlighting as many of this great senior class as we can, uh, both boys and girls. We have a recruiting series going as well, uh, profiling some of the guys that are going to both the Grizz and the Bobcats for football. So our Senior Spotlight will continue. We're taking a break for this week because we have a whole bunch of um, kids already uh, interviewed, and a lot of people are on their way out of town sooner than later this week. So after the 4th of July, we'll get back to the, the Senior Spotlight, but you can go check out all of the awesome Senior Spotlight interviews thus far in that great series on the Nuanas Now podcast, available on any and all of your podcast hosting platforms. The other two uh, public service announcements I got for you, Thursday, around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath will return. This week's subject in the Where Are They Now? series features Mackenzie Johnston. She's a former Montana State point guard, excuse me, Montana point guard. Wow, uh, how about that slip? A, a former Montana point guard uh, who played during a tumultuous time for the Lady Grizz, but herself was an outstanding, outstanding player, um, one of the most durable and high-endurance players Lady Girls have seen. So that will take place on Thursday. And then we'll be off the air from Friday through Tuesday to enjoy a uh, Independence Day weekend. So there you go. That's your calendar update here uh, on New On Is Now. Let's dive into a little Big Sky Breakdown. Big Sky Breakdown podcast is actually my first way of getting into this this audio world back when we launched that thing back in 2013. So coming up on nine years, maybe 10 coming soon, pretty crazy. I was thinking about that the other day too. Uh, this upcoming year, I think will be my um, 17th season covering the Big Sky Conference in some form or fashion, whether it's newspapers, magazines, uh, my multimedia company, Skyline Sports, or here at ESPN Radio, or for these last five years, a combination of several of those different Uh, Entities, So crazy how time flies, but you can always check out the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, skylinesportsmt.com, and you can also find excerpts throughout the fall here on ESPN Radio. So let's do a little fun conversation here, and this might actually trickle in depending on on how each one of these talking points go. But I have the the, uh, teams in the Big Sky Conference. We're talking football now. I have all the teams categorized into four different categories regarding pressure, Pressure regarding the narrative around their program, pressure regarding the expectations of their team and specifically of their coaching staff. So I guess you could say which head coach and his staff are under uh, the most pressure. So I have four categories, no pressure, a little bit of pressure, for sure, yep, there's pressure, and high pressure. So here's how I see it from a coaching staff and just program overall perspective. Uh, when it comes to the uh, Big Sky Conference in football. I think that the schools I have in the no-pressure category, two of them probably won't surprise you. One of them might. I have Idaho as my number one no-pressure school. I also had them as my top most intriguing school. That's what happens when you have a state university, a land-grant university with good academics, a good state funding rich tradition, and now new leadership. I think that I would actually reckon that I, I truly think that Idaho is one of, if not the best jobs in Division One football. Now, am I saying that Idaho is going to go win a bunch of national championships? No, I, I don't think so. I think they're a long ways away from that. What I mean, though, is I think there's not going to be any pressure on Jason Eck and his staff until at the very least they're going into year three. I think that you have so much time to sit there and rebuild. I also think you have this new opportunity because Idaho moved up to the FBS and then moved back down after a mediocre at best time in the FBS over a 20-year span, moved back into the Big Sky Conference, but they had a bunch of guys on their squad that didn't come to Idaho to play in the FCS. They did not come to Idaho to play in the Big Sky Conference. So as I've said often and over and over again, one of Idaho's, I guess, Idaho's talent level is far down the list for why Idaho has issues. So I do think that a new voice, a new branding, uh, you know, a new message, all that is going to be very beneficial internally for Idaho. And I think externally, I think their fans are going to eat up Jason Eck. I know Coach Eck a little bit from his time at Montana State. I actually spent a night with him in Boise catching up. We, we spent about two hours together just shooting the breeze uh, at the Big City basketball tournament in Boise. He was there, obviously, to support. The Idaho basketball teams, but also because you know substantial alumni base there in Boise. So uh, he was doing the thing, making the rounds. Can he prove it though? Can he make it more than just promotional talk? Can he actually, you know, get Idaho back on the right track? But I do think when you have a fan base that cares, and make no mistake, Idaho's fan base cares. Uh, I mean, right now we're talking about Idaho in uh, on, on the radio and television in Montana. I'll hear from people from the Idaho fan base about what we're talking about right now. For better, for worse, whatever. When we talk about Idaho, we hear about it. People care about Idaho in the Big Sky Conference. So, uh, but I do think Jason Eck and his staff have a lot of leeway. I also think it's one of the best jobs in America because not only do you have tradition, not only do you have sort of a fresh start now with everybody on the roster have been recruited to play in the FCS. You have a new head coach. You have a relatively new AD. You have good uh, academics and a fun campus life to recruit to. And all of that, Fails in comparison to that you are just not the guy that came before you. Paul Petrino had some success at Idaho. He also had uh, a lot of criticism. Uh, he took he took it hard on the chin uh, for, stubbornly, a lot of people would say, playing his son Mason Petrino at quarterback. He also had very little success when it, the the Vandals returned to the Big C.I. Conference. And his teams were just flat undisciplined. I thought they, they flat underachieved. And, and so much of that was... Stubbornness, so much of that was just, it seemed like a lack of continuity. So I think that Idaho uh, has a real chance and has not a lot of pressure on it. The other two uh, Big State Conference football teams I have in the no pressure category, Idaho State. I don't think Idaho State has nearly the upside or the, um, they are at a resource disadvantage. They're at a tradition disadvantage. They are also in an interesting spot in their state because they're not Boise State. They're also not Idaho. And so that's uh, – it's tough being the number three in a small state like the state of Idaho. All that said, they do have a new voice. Charlie Raggle's a guy whose name first landed on our radar because he had his name in the hat for a brief moment at Montana State. Now, he was the one that was aggressively pushing for Montana State uh, after doing some additional reporting. We had him in the mix early because his camp was floating it. I mean, his camp was feeding us at Skyline Sports that Charlie Raggle was in the mix at Montana State. Turns out after multiple conversations, he was putting himself in the mix and, you know, n- no harm, no foul. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with that. He's a guy that was a special teams coordinator at Cal. He's got a, a high school background, which a lot of times means he's going to bring a lot of energy. He likes to coach ball. He's a ball coach, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, so I think, you know, just a fresh start at, at Idaho State as well. I mean, if people forget Idaho State's been really bad during the 21st century, but they were good for a moment in time under Mike Kramer, and they had a, a collection of really good players. Kramer was a good recruiter. That's the, the first thing they got to fix. I actually think Rob Fennessy did an okay job there at Idaho State, but their players just, their, their talent didn't take this huge jump like you'd want it to, like you'd expect it to. So maybe if you have a guy with Pac-12 recruiting ties and a guy that's a high-energy guy with a new vision, maybe Charlie Rangel can get it going uh, at Idaho State. No one is now ESPN Radio. Big Sky Breakdown presented by Skyline Sports. A ton of um, new new and fun stuff coming uh, at Skyline Sports throughout the summer and into the football season. We are doing our pressure-packed situations in the Big Sky Conference. The third team, the last team I have that I say have has no pressure on it, is Weaver State. That might be the one that surprises people, but I think Weaver State, they had a great run. And it's not as if the run is completely over or or completely halted, but they were the top of the Big Sky Conference a uh, heap for a moment in time. There was certainly uh, part of that is just the quality of coach that Jay Hill is. Part of it though also was the fact that the Montana schools were in a bit of a lull. Um Bob Stitt happened at Montana. Enough said. Jeff Chote took a couple years to get it going at Montana State after a pretty big fallout uh, during the Rob Ash era. Enough said. Weber State steps to the front of the line. They win four straight Big Sky Conference championships between 2017 and 2020. That's the spring season there in 2020. I guess it was the spring of 2021, but the the makeup of of the fall season 2020. Weber State during that span... Went twenty six and three in Big Sky Conference playoffs. pretty impressive. Last uh, season twenty twenty one, they went six and five, and they were five and three, and they missed the playoffs. This, that was the first time they missed the playoffs after five consecutive playoff appearances. They finished outside the top twenty five. After finishing in the top six four years in a row and the top twenty five five years in a row, all that's to say. I think they have a fair amount of talent back. I think Jay Hill is a really good coach, particularly defensively and on special teams. And I think that them not being the top dog, them not having a target on their backs, Weber State not being a reigning champion or having to defend a title, I think it's really good for them. I think think it takes a lot of pressure off. And I actually think that Weber State has a chance to be an upstart squad here in the Big Sky Conference. Funny to say, because again, they did finish in the top six in the country, four seasons running. But I think that uh, maybe... People are putting them towards the middle of the pack or maybe towards the top of the second tier of the Big Sky Conference. I think that could be good for Weber. I think that could help them uh, maybe win a game or two that people don't expect. ESPN Radio, Nuwana's now. How about the category of a little bit of pressure? Big Sky Conference football teams with a little bit of pressure. I think Portland State is there because I do think that there's a little bit of pressure. Bruce Barnum will be in a contract year. There's also just the omnipresent question of what is the validity of the future of Portland State football? What's going to be the thing that turns the corner for the Vikings? How do they get a real facility of their own so they don't have to play out in Hillsboro? How do they get some sort of engagement from the Portland community, which is one that has uh, been in shambles since the pandemic for a variety of reasons? How do they recapture the magic of Barnum's first season in 2015 when he took them uh, to the playoffs just for the second time in program history. More than anything, though, how do they prove that football is a worthwhile investment, a worthwhile endeavor uh, at Portland State? It, it's a, an interesting year. That said, though, every year that Portland State football exists, carrying forward is a, a, a good thing. That's a win, and that's why Bruce Barnes playing with house money because I, I don't know what it would take for Portland State to actually cut football, uh, but... They said they gave a referendum. They basically gave an ultimatum, saying that it needed to become financially sustainable. And I don't know if they're there yet. So each year that it exists, when there isn't a definitive mark hit, that's another year that Bruce Barnum and his staff playing with house money. The other two squads I got under the uh, just a little bit of pressure category: UC Davis. They were uh, they shared the league title in 2019. Graduated really. Uh, a really talented group led by record-setting quarterback Jake Mayer, who's now uh, up there in, in Calgary, playing in the Canadian Football League. But UC. Davis has been winning. They, they have won games uh, since Dan Hawkins took over. I mean, they've had winning records uh, all but one year, but, but they are, you know, consistently uh, above 500. And at a school like that, that, that's you know as long as you're winning more than you're losing, then every year you kind of have an up year. Is a good one. They're thirty-one and twenty-two under Dan Hawkins. They were eight and four in two thousand twenty-one. They made the playoffs. They went to the first round and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. So you know, I mean, if you, if you're in the playoffs for the second time in in five seasons under Hawkins, and you're returning a fair amount of talent. I think all you got, you got to do is just kind of keep it right there. The expectation that UC Davis is just to have a winning record. And so then if you're, you're right there in that seven to eight wins range, you're great. If you're above that, it's outstanding. It's excellent. You know, as long as the guys are fulfilling the academic rigors that exist for a school like UC Davis, I, I think that, you know, the fact that it's Dan Hawkins, Alma mater, I think you're right there. My last, uh, a little bit of pressure, and of course, you know that this... I i, I figured this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I knew we are going to only get halfway through these before I was running out of time. So that means we're just going to keep rolling into this, uh, into the next segment. We'll just bump Treasure State Stars down. to At the exact time, we're going to get a chance to win some tag of the area as well. But my last little pressure team uh, for the Big Sky Conference from a coaching staff and program narrative perspective is Cal Poly. Entering Bo Baldwin's second season, uh, they basically opted out of the second half of the spring season because of injuries and other. They were not very good in Baldwin's first year. Bo Baldwin was one of the great recruiters the Big Shack Conference has ever seen during his time at Eastern Washington. The proof's in the pudding. I mean, seven quarterbacks recruited by Bo Baldwin, Book ended by Josh Blankenship when he was the OC way back in the early 2000s, and Eric Berrier, who he recruited, and then uh, moved, when Bo Baldwin moved on, Barry ended up becoming one of the great quarterbacks in this league's history and one of the most prolific as well. And in between, seven, count them, seven Big Sky Conference MVPs at quarterback. Oh, by the way, he also recruited guys like Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne who are now starting receivers in the NFL. That said, Eastern Washington is a heck of a lot easier to recruit to than Cal Poly. Cal Poly is a public ivy. They are one of the toughest public institutions in the country to get into. It's one of the premier polytechnic and engineering schools in the country. They can hardly recruit outside of the state of California because out-of-state tuition is so expensive, so their recruiting pool is pretty limited as well. That said, you got San Luis Obispo, California to recruit to. One of the great college towns, one of the great small towns in the United States. It's Right up I mean, it's one of my favorite towns in California. I'm not really a SoCal guy. I like Northern California a little bit better, but San Luis Obispo, which is neither NorCal or SoCal, it's kind of right there in its own little region. It's one of the best places you can get to. And the campus there at Cal Poly is gorgeous. So academics a lot different. Pole and the town and the community you can recruit to, it way way big advantage Cal Poly. So can Bo Baldwin figure out the details? What does the roster look like? I put them in the little pressure category, not just for sure, not the for sure pressure category, because I do think that year two, all you have to do is be better than year one. And year one, they only won one game. So it's not hard uh, to be better than they were uh, year one at Cal Poly. is Now, ESPN Radio. More Big Sky Conference football talk right around the corner. Keep it right here. It's Nuwadis Now, ESPN Radio. But I, th- I think it's called A Little South of Sanity. But It's a double-disc live album. And it basically exposes you to all of Aerosmith's catalog to that point, which is probably 20 plus years of music. And I remember listening to that whole album often when I was a kid. I used to sit in my room and organize all my baseball cards, just systematically, numerically, you know memorizing all the stats. I, I don't know, I don't know how I got to be so strange. But <laughs> I used to listen to, to music often, and I was in, super into classic rock at that time. It's so funny that you know a 10-year-old is just loving the classic rock. But I remember being so up and down about Aerosmith, loving so much of it, not liking so much of it, probably being too young to appreciate some of it. But uh, that right there, that, that track, one of my favorite tracks. I knew that, Coulter. I read your mind. See, Tommy, the main man behind the glass, Andrew Houghton, out until next week. We will be off uh, Friday through Tuesday. Andrew will be back in the saddle Wednesday, so will we. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) If he's off of his probationary period, then he can come back. (laughs) It's a... I was actually thinking this, uh, Tommy, where are you at with 4th of July? It's now ESPN Radio, by the way. Where are you at with 4th of July? I feel like you must be a big fireworks guy. Oh, dude, I love 4th of July. I have blown myself up and ended up in the ER twice. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's not do that anymore. Yeah, so I'm going to try to keep it cool this time. But, you know, I've I've, I've, I've always loved getting out, you know, with family, friends. You know, having the hot dogs and having the wildfire scares and having the cold beers and all <laughs> the stuff. It just is so fun. It's I love so, it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's in, in my blood, I guess. You're not allowed to blow yourself up because you have a lot of great news. I'm just going to tease it like that. You can tell the people whatever you want. But you've had a lot of stuff going on lately, and... Uh, all great things. All great things. Tommy's growing up right before our eyes. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Nuana's now, ESPN radio, a continuation of our conversation about the level of pressure, a pressure gauge, as it were, for some of the jobs in the big sky conference, some of the some of the coaching staffs and the, just the program narrative. So if you missed the first segment, you can f- find it on uh Nuana's Now podcast. Our coaches and programs that fell under the no-pressure category, Idaho, Idaho State, Weber State. Our programs that fell into the little-pressure category, Portland State, UC Davis, Cal Poly. Now, the second half of the conversation. How about these schools where there is for-sure pressure? Our for-sure pressure team number one, Eastern Washington. It's as simple as this. Aaron Best has done a good job there at his alma mater uh, since taking over. In fact, some could argue uh, he's done a great job. He led the Eagles to their uh, to the, the FCS national championship game. Uh, their second, his second season at the helm, he's been to the playoffs three times in five years. They won ten games last year, including beating the Montana Grizzlies. They lost in the second round of the FCS playoffs to Montana in Missoula, but they finished the season. Uh, ranked number seven in the country, so it's hard to say that Aaron Best has been anything but good. He's forty-one and seventeen overall. In Eastern Washington thirty and eight in Big Sky Conference play. Never finished lower than uh, tie for third, so that's very good. Finished in the top ten three times. Finished in the top seven twice. Finished as high as number two. It's all good, but this is a big year for Eastern Washington, and I know I've been saying this, but in their fifth fall season under Best. Now, there's no more Bo Baldwin guys left. So, now Aaron Best's recruits have to hit. They've already hit in certain positions, but they need to figure out the quarterback. On one hand, I like to think, okay, Eastern has been able to replace Eric Meyer with Matt Nickel, Matt Nickel with Bo Levi Mitchell. Bo Levi Mitchell with Vernon Adams. Vernon Adams with Gage Gubrud. Gage Gubrud with Eric Berrier. And it's just gone and gone and gone and gone. So part of me wants to think Eastern Washington is always going to have a quarterback. Because in my Big Sky Conference football consciousness, they've always had a quarterback. To run their system, uh, to do what they want to do offensively, t- to continue to be a perennial top 10 team, they got to have another quarterback. So I'm just so interested to see who Aaron Best has up his sleeve. Not just Eric Berry, but they need replacements for Tololo Limu Le- 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 jones and Andrew Boston. Uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, coming down the pipe for Eastern Washington. The second team that I think has for sure some pressure is Northern Arizona. Chris Ball is a coach with a lot of respect around the league. He is a former Power 5 assistant, a former Pac-12 assistant. He shared that with several of the other head coaches in the league, so they definitely knew him. They had recruited against him in the Pac-12. If you believe the the rankings from the Hero Sports outlet and, and other uh, national recruiting analysts for the FCS level... Then uh, they say that NAU has recruited really well the last couple of years. They had one of the best freshman quarterbacks and a guy who was the freshman of the year last year in the Rodriguez kid at quarterback. They also had an outstanding freshman running back who's one of the best freshmen in the league. But now they got to put uh, they got they got to make the rubber meet the road. They got they got to win some games. I also think that NAU should have more pressure around their program than they get for whatever reason. They've declined a little bit in media coverage they just don't have nearly the spotlight on them they are going to play the big or excuse me they are going to play uh the Montana schools this year and that certainly helps and it's not just because they it puts them on our radar although that does help I mean in a league where the media coverage is certainly limited you know being in the rotation for the cats and the Grizz and, and you know being on the radar and, and getting covered by Montana's media, it, it does increase your exposure by quite a bit, for sure. Uh, so, But I just think there should be more pressure surrounding uh, NA, uh, NAU football. I just, I just think that they should... I just think they should be good. I just I mean, that's as flat and blank as I can say it. I think Northern Arizona should be good. They always were pretty good. Uh, and they just haven't been very good towards the end of Jerome Sauer's tenure and now the beginning of... Chris Ball's tenure, but, but maybe they're coming. And so that's why I think that there's for sure pressure uh, for Chris Ball at Northern Arizona uh, as the former Power 5 assistant um, enters a pivotal year for him and uh, his staff there in uh, in Flagstaff. is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. The last team I think that there is in the, the for-sure pressure category in the Big Sky Conference in football is Northern Colorado. And I actually think there's a lot more nuance to what the broad narrative right now around Northern Colorado football is. The broad narrative has is, is basically been that Ed McCaffrey, a former NFL wide receiver whose only coaching experience was at Valor Christian, which is a, a powerhouse there in the Denver area that's just pumping Division One recruits year in and year out. Uh, the only – that Ed McCaffrey came in – And, uh, as the reports have said, a toxic culture and, and guys are leaving left and right. And they had 35 plus transfers this off season, but I think that McCaffrey was showing the door to a great many of these guys that, uh, entered the transfer portal. I think he was making room on his roster to bring in as many of the old Valor Christian guys as he can to bring in as many of the transfers as he possibly can. So, uh, if you're going to do it, no matter which way it is, let's say the reports from the Greeley Tribune about this toxic culture are, in fact, overwhelmingly true. Okay? That puts a lot of pressure on Ed McCaffrey in Season 2 uh, to to erase that notion, to erase that narrative. Let's say that those reports are largely fabricated. I, I think some of the reporting has been uh, shaky there in Northern Colorado. When you're talking about anonymous sources, Complaining, and they clearly have an ax to grind. I think that there's a lot of emotion involved and and the search for actual facts is a tough one. And I also think that people forget in this transfer portal era, the coaches are showing the door to the players often because they know who's in the portal already. So if you know you got a guy here who's not nearly as good as this guy who just hit the portal, you show this guy the portal so you can go to the portal and get this other guy. And I think that's what Ed McCaffrey's doing. I think he's just revamping this roster. So either way, If it's toxic, a lot of pressure for Northern Colorado. If it's not toxic, and Ed McCaffrey's just trying to make this roster his, still a ton of pressure uh, for the Northern Colorado Bears coming into this year. is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How about the high-pressure category? And we're going to probably let this trickle in a little bit uh, into the next segment as well. But my high-pressure teams... You already know because you haven't heard two of them and you're sitting here probably listening in the state of Montana. My high-pressure teams are Montana and Montana State as well as Sacramento State. Montana and Montana State, we can hash it out as much as you want, but point-blank period at this exact moment with all of the things that are going on at the two universities and within the two football programs, with the arms race that is omnipresent, with the uh, veteran leadership that exists on both sides, both uh, in the administrative part of things as well as in the, uh, the football offices with the success that each experienced this last couple years, 2019 and 2021, as good as these two teams have been simultaneously in a really, really, really long time, probably since the late 1970s, early 1980s, when both teams were truly, no question, top 10 programs. That's all to say then, there's always going to be pressure for these two schools. And as the FCS continues to become diluted, as the Big Sky Conference continues to reshuffle its hierarchy and the Cats and the Grizz continue to ascend and take their rightful places atop the league, the pressure's always going to be there. If you're investing in football and you're producing the revenue that football is producing at Montana and Montana State, that comes with a high level of pressure. Can Brent Vegan repeat the run? Can he replicate the run? as he went to the national championship in his first season. I do think he'll get a little leeway because he did it with another guy's team. He took that job late. Most of those guys that were pivotal players on that team were Jeff Choate recruits. But Vegan navigated the tumult of getting their butts kicked in Missoula right before the playoffs. Matt McKay leaving the team and then throwing Tommy Milad in at quarterback and riding it all the way to Frisco. Can Brett Vegan do that again? And at Montana... If you're going to proclaim a return to dominance and now you're sitting there in year five, better get it done. I know that Montana's been on the transfer wire hard. They've been keeping it as quiet as possible. We're going to have an update for you soon on what's going down with some of the transfers incoming to the University of Montana. If they fill the correct spots, then I think that this is a Final Four team. But that's what the expectation is at Montana. That's what the expectation should be. That's what the expectation Bobby Houck thinks – that's that's where Bobby Houck thinks the expectation is at. Therefore, that's a incredible amount of pressure. Even if you expect to be there, you still have to make yourself get there. You still have to have so many things go in your favor. So I think there's a, a ton of pressure on Coach Houck and his staff. But I also know that those guys, they wouldn't have it any other way. And then the last team to wrap up this Big Sky Conference football conversation – when it comes to the pressure surrounding the coaching staffs and the programs in the league, it's Sacramento State. I mean, Troy Taylor's walked in here, and he has thrown his stake square on the top of the hill. King me, he says, 15-1 and one in Big Sky Conference play, a guy that had almost no college coaching experience before he took over at Sacramento State. He announced his presence, and Sac State announced their presence as real Big Sky contenders resoundingly when he went and beat Montana State, Eastern Washington, and Montana in consecutive weeks. One of those wins on the road in Bozeman. No team in Big Sky history since Eastern Washington joined the league in the late 1980s has defeated Montana, Montana State, and Eastern Washington in consecutive weeks. Sac State did it to kick off the 2019 season, and they went 7-1 in league that year. Last year, they took advantage of a favorable schedule, and they ran the table. I know some people, some pundits, some haters would say, now, give me the, the real schedule. Let me make them play a stack schedule. Where would they have been at? I don't care who you are. I don't care what your schedule is. If you go 15-1 and one in your first two years in a conference, uh, that's a pretty affirmative <laughs> uh, announcement to the league. All that said, Sac State's got it done at Big Sky Conference play. They have not got it done in the FCS playoffs. Can they continue to uh, contend for a third year in a row? Can they get anything done in the postseason? My top three Coaching staffs and programs that are under a ton of pressure entering the 2022 football season, Montana, Montana State, Sacramento State. So there you go. We will revisit that conversation with several of our Big Sky Conference aficionados, but that was a fun one and uh, fun to wrap all the way around Big Sky Conference football. How about some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana or by Montanans? How about some free taglieri Deli? Treasure State Stars, Tag Tuesday, Coming up next, keep it right here. It's Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. <laughs> Diving to our Treasure State Stars to wrap up hour number one. Our guy Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. He just walked in. He'll join us to talk all things baseball uh, to start off hour number two, I guess, for the duration of hour number two. We'll wrap up hour number one. Some of the best uh, individual performances from around uh, the state of Montana or by Montana uh, athletes. Treasure State star number one this week. It's presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. It's Missoula Hellgate graduate Catherine Burkoff. She has been a Treasure State star numerous times, and that's because she's one of the great swimmers in the world, period. She finished second in the women's 50-meter backstroke last Wednesday at the FINA World Championships in Budapest, Hungary. She earned her silver medal by swimming the 50-meter backstroke in 27.39 seconds. And that was only .08 seconds off of winning a world championship uh, in the event. She has set several American-United States records in the backstroke so far this year. And to Catherine Burkhoff, she continues to thrive uh, in the wide world of swimming, Treasure State Star number two, Mark Mesmer, he won the Missoula Marathon for the third consecutive time in terms of in-person running. This event was not run in 2020 or 2021 in person, but Mesmer, who's a Missoula native, a Missoula Sentinel graduate, he won in 2018, 2019, and on Sunday he ran a personal best time, which also served as a course record, and he was he ran the second fastest marathon time, Missoula Marathon time ever. The course changed, that's why the course record and the all-time marathon record are not the same thing, but Mark Messmer continues to be the face of and the dominant guy in uh, the Missoula Marathon. On the women's side, Trader say star number three, Bonnie Keating, she's a San Diego area runner, and she threatened the course record, actually, and then in fact broke the course record, and uh, she did it in two hours, 48 minutes, and some change, so very impressive time for her, qualifies for the Boston Marathon, and uh, takes out a hallowed record. Try to say star number four. How about Adam Peterman? Missoula native, Hellgate grad, a guy who ran collegiately at Colorado. He is now five for five in ultra running. Ultra running events are are these crazy distances, 75 to 100 miles plus. He ran in the Western States 100 miler. That's right, 100 miles. He ran it in 15 hours and some some sort of amount of minutes. Just insane! The 11th fastest time ever at that event. And he has now won all five ultra races that he has competed in. So very cool uh, for a Missoula kid uh, to be just tearing up this ultra running stage uh, on the highest level. Treasure State star number five, a guy we've talked about numerous times. This is the last time we'll talk about him for a little while. But it's deserved because Duncan Hamilton finally put a cap to what was one of the great years we've seen by a runner Uh, in the history of the state of Montana, not just in the Big Sky Conference, but in the history of the state of Montana. Duncan Hamilton, this most recent weekend, finished fourth at the United States uh, Outdoor National Championships. This is not collegiate. This is including all of the best American runners uh, in the country. And so Hamilton was one spot off of qualifying for the World Championships, making Team USA. But he wraps up An absolutely incredible uh, junior year. He completed the uh, second best time ever at the cross-country national championships uh, by a Montana State athlete. It was the fourth highest finish ever. He was an All-American in cross-country. He was an All-American in indoor track and field. He was an All-American in outdoor track and field. He ran the the, uh, third-fastest collegiate time in the 3,000-meter steeplechase ever. He qualified for the national championships, and he was one spot away from making it to the world championships. So congratulations to Duncan Hamilton, uh, one of the great distance-running years we have seen. So there you go. It's your Treasure State Stars. It's presented by Parkside Credit Union of Missoula. Parkside Credit Union, a phenomenal place to get a loan in western Montana because Parkside Credit Union Loves to say yes. Also, thanks to Taglieri for their awesome support of Taglieri Tuesday. Congratulations to the winner. And uh, if you're going down there to get a sandwich, be sure to check out their awesome wine selection. They have a ton of old country wine. They have a certified sommelier uh, in the house. So shout out to Max for keeping the wine. Uh, so, well, var- it's such a great variety. And... Uh, such high quality as well. They also have a little Italian-style market there as well, so you can get some specialty pastas and pasta sauces. But, of course, the sandwiches are what keeps you coming back for more, thanks to Taglieri for their continued support of us here on Nuwana's Now. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. How about Jeff Safford? All things baseball. We'll take it to the diamond. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio.